Hey everybody, it is Marchetta Parker here with Warriors of Worship, and I am super excited. He was supposed to be on my season one, but I got him on season two. I'm so excited that I have Pastor Jermaine Freeman here from Numa Life in Greensboro. Um, he was my former minister of music. He has so many talents. Uh, I tell you about all the stuff but you know we also all started here working at victoria's praise so sometimes once you work here you can do everything everything so just know whatever you need he know how to do it (laughs) 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 so pastor jermaine welcome welcome to warriors of worship i am so excited to have you on so thank you Share with the people a little bit about yourself. I gave them a little bit of an intro, but you can kind of give us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Uh, my name is Pastor Jay Freeman. Everybody asked me, why, why do you call yourself Jay? Because the full name is Jermaine. <laughs> but I've been called Jermaine and Jamin and all of that. So you know what? It's easy. Everybody calls me Jay anyway. And yep. so I said, you know, I'm going to be Pastor Jay or what have you. And uh, so I, I originally started in music uh, when I was three years old. Um, and started planning church services at the age of five. Um, and it just kind of sprouted from there. I literally, uh, music has been my life, right? And church, you, just like you, um, any of the Nichols, if you know any of the Nichols family, <laughs> you know, you know, you, we were like this, we were born. And then that next Sunday, we was in church service. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even, it wasn't even sure coding it, we was there. You're absolutely you know, right. And so um, I've been in the church all my life. I tell people all the time, the church hasn't necessarily always been in me all my life. Because uh, we was in the I church, we know, we, yeah, we know how that <laughs> is. We know how that is. Um, but God has really just developed me through the years as far as musical talents is concerned. And um, I went from playing the drums, starting out at the age of three to playing the trombone. When I got in uh, school age of band, I went from the trombone to the saxophone, and then from the saxophone to the piano in Oregon, or what have you. And um, I haven't picked up a saxophone since I started playing piano. <laughs> and, um, and so, yeah, I've been on this journey uh, for a while now. Um, I'm 44, going on 45. And so, mm-hmm. It's been a long time since I've been in the, uh, the music industry as well as a minister of music. Uh, my uh, first official job as a minister of music was uh, at Victorious Praise Fellowship, Church of God in Christ. <laughs> in Durham, North Carolina, serving Pastor Will Nichols and serving alongside uh, the most amazing praise and worship leader uh, by the name of Marshetta Parker. Oh, um, everything. And, and, yeah, so we we grew together, we've grown up together, and now God has me in a, uh, the next dimension of ministry, uh, pastoring here in Greensboro, North Carolina, at Numa Life Church. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And I will say, um, Pastor Jermaine, it was an amazing time. Like, Jermaine, Pastor Jermaine is really like a brother to me. You know, and you know, when you have brothers and sisters, y'all don't always agree on everything. We still love each other a thousand percent. Like the God in him and the God in me, we just really, really, really match up um, as far as ministry is concerned. Like it's, it's almost a no brainer. I can Mm -hmm. not have sang with Jermaine for like years and he just gets on the keyboard and I can sing anything and he's going and that is the importance of having, to me, a spirit-led minister of music. Absolutely. Um, 
you know, you, you know, you love them naturally, but you love them even more spiritually because there's something in your spirit that just connects with people immediately. And that doesn't always happen. Right. You know, so because it happened for us earlier on, you know, sometimes people take it for granted that it always happens like that. And it's right. not. Right. Um, you know, we grew together. We grew together naturally as well as spiritually. So I think that's almost like something that you can't really break, even when the enemy tries to break stuff. You know, it can't. And I will say that uh, Pastor Jermaine has a couple songs on my project that I'm going to finish in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're claiming it um, right now. Amen. He's an amazing writer. He's amazing at putting... Um, songs and music together that to me heals the soul and I think Mm. that that's what we need not just songs you know and like I always used to say I don't want to sing songs for the sake of singing the song I want it to be meaningful I want it to mean something to people I want lives to be changed Mm. and I feel like that's the type of music um that you have done and that you set forth that you send to other artists, not just me, mm-hmm. um, and have done well at doing that. So I just want y'all to know <laughs> he a pastor, but he comes with some credentials behind his pastorship <laughs> and his ministry. Um, he's absolutely amazing. <clears throat> and so one of the things that I would say is even growing up in music together, how did you... Uh, figure out how to set appropriate guidelines for music um, for whether it's Victoria's Praise or whether you move to another church or whether Victoria's Praise went to another church because I always feel like those are things that you kind of have to take into consideration when you're right. moving from spot to spot. Right. Uh, well, I would say the first thing is um, really being in tune with God mm-hmm. and having that prayer life and uh, being able to discern the spirit of God um, People used to ask me all the time, well, how do you know, you know, we have an outbreak on Sunday morning. And it was like, how did you know to, to change the song or to sing that song right then and there? And it's like, I didn't know. It was all God. You know, they used to ask me in choir rehearsal. I'm sure you remember this. Mm-hmm. But what are we going to sing Sunday? I was like, look, we're going to prepare these songs. But I don't know what God is going to lay on my heart Sunday morning. You know, many times it was just amazing to me the process that I had with God. Because I would wake up Sunday morning and, and my regimen was always every morning is to get up and pray. Um, and But on Sunday mornings, I was always more devotional. Mm-hmm. So even when I got up, I got up singing. I got up, you know, and so a lot of times God would just drop songs in my spirit. And I knew even, even on the way to service, like, okay, this is what we're going to sing. And there was times that we got to service and because of the shifting of the Holy Spirit, in the service, we had to change at the drop of a dime. Yeah. And so you have to be willing to do that. So prayer, I think, is the first thing. Then um, songs, you know, as far as song selection, songs that really focus on God. Mm. You know, many times we miss the mark because we're getting songs because they sound good. Or they, they jump and, you know, you know how it is. And yeah. especially in the Pentecostal church, you know, you want to get people moving and, and, and jumping and carrying on. But how about this? Let's focus on God. Mm. Right. Let's make the ultimate focus on God. Uh, when you look at Psalms 100, uh, Psalms 100, it talks about making a joyful noise unto the Lord. Um, and it talks about us entering into his presence mm. with thanksgiving and into his courts. In other words, how are we going to go to his 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 courts and into his gates? Right. And then <laughs> we don't praise the one that that offered us the actual invitation. 
Wow. Right. And so when we when we go into the house of the Lord, it's not about us. It's not about our churches. It's about us giving God praise. And so wow. we have to keep him first in that. Uh, the next thing is I always look for songs that are biblically based. Mm. I think that's very important uh, that we're not singing things that's outside of the word of God. Right. There's a space for inspirational songs. There's a space uh, for those song, those types of songs, but in a praise and worship service, it's it's not time to necessarily be inspirational. It's in time. To, it's time to worship God right. as a body of believers, and in that we are inspired. Mm-hmm. Right when we sing the word of God back to God, we <laughs> are inspired. He inspires us. He begins to encourage us, even as we are praising Him. That's what wow. we were created to do. We were created to worship Him, and so we have to keep that in mind as well. Now, one of the other things I always say is make sure that the song selection that you are selecting fits your congregation, (laughs) fits the atmosphere that is present in your church, right? You know, if if you have, you know, the modern day thing is you have some churches that are hip hop churches, right? And so they're more along, I know, you know, Karen Jones was popular for that, you know, having the, the, the end contemporary church. And so how would you look knowing that that's the environment and you come in as the new minister of musical praise and worship leader and you're trying to have them singing the traditional hymns? Mm-hmm. It just does not work. Um, you have to know what your environment is. I'm reminded of one time uh, at Victoria's Praise where I had an individual that came to me and, um, and said, uh, I-, I want y'all to sing uh, Shake Yourself Loose. By Vicky Wines. And um, I was talking about the choir. And I was like, I was like, no, that's not a good fit for us. And literally, she got mad with me. I was like, no, that's not an appropriate song for this house. Right. Um, first of all, uh, I, I was the minister of music there. I, I want to keep my job as the minister of music. Right? <laughs> first of all, okay. And so you've got to know what material, what songs fit the environment that you're in. Um, and so, and then even speaking of that, you got to know, uh, the abilities of the people that you're serving. Mm. You can't, you know, in, in the eighties and nineties, it was real popular to sing or James Hall and some of the other, uh, choir acrobatics, right. You know, the choir masters, it was so, uh, they were very popular on radio and things, but a lot of those songs were very difficult to sing. It were even very difficult for some musicians to even play. Right. And so it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to try to sing those songs um, and play those songs if you don't have the capacity to do that. You know, one of the things I always say is excellence is not being as good as the next church Mm -hmm. or the next artist or the next producer. Excellence is being the best you can be at what you have at that time. Wow. I, that, that actually is so true because just like you got them, I would get, I still do get songs for like the worship team and I Mm -hmm. know the, I know the limitations of my team. Right. And so I listen to songs and I'll be like, Oh, that's a really good song. Unless I can come up with a way to tweak it, to make it our own, which we praise the Lord. We always had a victorious phrase version of everything. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, (laughs) If I couldn't think of anything or Minister Muse can't think of a way to change it, to make it so that it would fit, we probably are not going to do it. And I will say, you know, as a worship leader, I have tried songs before. There are songs that we probably sang one time and we'd never do them again. 
Never. Because you're like, ah, nope, that that wasn't that it. Was the one. Right. <laughs> right. And you got to be okay with saying that. Right. Um, it doesn't make you a bad person. It just means that we're not Judy McAllister and who all right. the other people you know that you can think of that do things on records that you may not be able to pull off. Right. That's so true. And and uh, and you brought out something that's very important for us to understand too is that we don't all get it right every, every time. Nope. You know what I'm saying? You and I, as we were growing together, there were times where we missed it. You know, and we were able to admit that. Yeah, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have pushed y'all to sing that one. It's, just, it's not the right time. You know what I mean? You know, you hear that and you say, okay, it's a good fit. It may be a good fit for your church um, in the atmosphere, but you may not have the voices to pull that off right now. Or I may have pushed them too far. So instead mm -hmm. of starting the, the song in a different key, I started in the original key. It was like, okay, we're going to be like heads in them and we're going to modulate 10 or 15 times. Well, I should have stopped at modulation seven, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so you live and learn. You yeah. live and learn. Um, but that's a that's all a part about really growing, right? You know, yeah, really and I, I think that that's really good, um, uh, Pastor Jermaine, because I think that you, as a leader, now that you're a pastor as well, they kind of give people the the luxury. I was just speaking with someone that was just telling me that their pastor gave them, you know, a lot of flexibility to grow mm -hmm. and to you know, make little mistakes here and there, you know, right. we don't make them too right. often. But uh, so now that I've gotten onto the pastor, um, how important do you think the relationship is between the minister of music and the pastor? Um, I think that's probably the most important relationship in the church, yeah. to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. um, we, you know, you have people say, oh, it's the trustees, oh, it's the assistant pastor and all of this. Uh, once, once that, that clock strikes 10 a.m. for us or uh, 10.45 for others or 11 a.m. for others, you see the importance of that relationship. And I think many times uh, pastors don't foster that relationship outside of the church service. Mm. So really connecting, I think one of the things that um, helped Pastor Will and I is that we connected outside of church before mm -hmm. we even got to church. When we had, I still remember our initial meeting at Denny's in Raleigh, right? <laughs> and I remember the questions he asked me and the things that I told, I remembered that verbatim, right? Um, because that was an impactful conversation in my life. Um, so imagine if every pastor took that, that position and really developed a strong relationship with their minister of music. Wow. Uh, I think many of the issues that we see in our music ministries, uh, we, we see uh, dealing with the pastors and all that, I think a lot of that would be alleviated um, when we look back in uh, biblically, uh, the you know the relationship between uh, Lucifer at the time um, and God in heaven, you know he was God's right hand man. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? I mean he was the he was over worship. He was over everybody coming together and worshiping God. And so when you look at that relationship, of course the enemy wants to attack that relationship because he understands the importance of that relationship between the minister of music and the pastor. Wow, that is, I, I totally agree with that. And so moving um, for, a little forward with that, how important is accountability in the lifestyle um, of people on your musical team, whether it's right. the minister of music, whether it's the worship <clears throat> leader, or if it's just somebody that's on the worship team, how 
accountable or how important do you think accountability is in their lifestyle is in the music ministry? Uh, that's a great question. And um, it's vitally important mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, one of the things I always bring out and um, as you remember, we can't sing about something we're not living. <laughs> you know, I, even with ministers, I used to tell them in ministers class, we can't preach about something we're not living. Right. Uh, because now you move from being somebody that's true to the call to being a hypocrite, mm. you know? So you have to, now that's, that doesn't mean that we don't have room to make mistakes, right? We all understand that we all uh, fall short of the glory of God every day. And so uh, we're not perfect people. And so we can't be perfect in that sense. Um, however, that does mean that I'm living a life, a holy lifestyle, a lifestyle that's pleasing to God. And I'm accountable to my leaders. I'm accountable to the call. If you say that God has called you to music ministry, not me. That's one of the things I used to always say. And the reasons why I never went and recruited a lot of people to come into the choir, to come into the music ministry, because I feel like if I recruit you, then you'll leave. Mm -hmm. And then you have an excuse. Well, it wasn't really what I wanted to do from the first place. You talked me into it. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But if God tugs on your heart and says, I want you to use your gifts for this particular ministry. Now you're accountable to God. And now guess what? I can hold you to that. Mm -hmm. I can, I said, you didn't come for me. You said that God called you to this ministry. Wow. You said that now God is not, he's not a schizophrenic God. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I will have he, him, honey. Right. He's not going <laughs> to change his mind. He's going to tell you one thing today and then tomorrow he changed his mind. That's not how God works. Right. And so um, it's hugely, uh, uh, it's a huge thing to be accountable right. uh, in, in your calling and not only to God, but you're calling to your leaders as well. Because uh, oftentimes we plan, right? We plan our services. We plan the things that we're going to do musically based mm -hmm. on who's available, based on who's going to be there. And so me knowing, okay, this individual, we may have practiced your song to sing Sunday morning, and then you'd pop up and let me know at the last minute, you're not going to be there. It's like, well, you should have let me know that before rehearsal. So that way I could plan accordingly. Right. You know, it's, so it's hugely important um, that we are accountable. Uh, and, and really that, that speaks to your personal relationship with God. Mm -hmm. What I found is those that are serious about their relationships with God and has really um, developed that lifestyle of worship and all that, you don't, you don't have a problem with being showing up, being accountable, being on time, uh, being present, you know, in the moment or what have you. Right. And I think that's something that's vitally important. It's something that I try to instill in my, in my children, because I feel like we're almost in the society where a lot of people don't like to be accountable. I'll do it, but don't put it in ink. Just right. Pencil so you can erase it real quick. Right. I'm thinking, you know, it's kind of like one of those things when you talk about accountability, accountability, your lifestyle, accountability and showing up. Mm -hmm. um, once you tell somebody, once you told God, I'm going to do this, then it should be, you know, I, I learned from my father, you know, blessed is a man to square it to his own hurt and change is not. That means that if I told you past the day that I'm doing it, even if it costs me money to do it. Like I think about all the things that you right. supported me with. You told me, you like, God told me to do this and you have done just what, what he said. Mm -hmm. And, but other people would have probably, oh, well, she ain't did it yet. So I ain't, uh, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I, 
you can appreciate people. And so I feel like our task is to teach this next generation accountability. Right. Not just accountability when you want to do it, not just accountability because they shine behind it, but accountability because that's who you are as a person. If I told you right. I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. It don't even matter Absolutely. what I got to take from myself. And, you know, I can say that you have been a person of accountability and I really, really appreciate that. Amen. And so now you train others accountability. Right. I can't train you something that I don't have. So because right. I'm accountable. So like when I see people who aren't accountable, I was like, well, that's not, you know, how a uh, pastor used to say, I didn't throw that seed. I don't know where that seed is coming from. <laughs> right. Right. I'm going to dig that one up and throw it away. <laughs> I don't know who sold that seed in my garden, but I didn't sow that seed. They right, can right. They want to. Uh, but no, I can appreciate that. And we need more people like that who, you know, think in terms of accountability, not just to your ministry, accountability to God. And, you know, I take it as, you know, I told a praise team one time, I, you, you should feel like your praise, somebody in, in the audience is dependent on your praise. And Absolutely. space, whether you're leading or not, you know, I tell Toya, you know, somebody needs to see you uh, worship on the screen. You never know. They might have needed that to get through their next thing. And then in, a, in a, a point where people so many people are sad and, you know, depressed and in the house, you know, sometimes you need to be able to see that. And you just, you know, people take their dedication for granted. But people really do need it. You know, Marcella, that is such an important uh, point that you just made. Um, I know you remember, I used to always say to the, uh, to the choir and to the praise team that I, I take my job so serious to the point of if I'm not in place, I feel like somebody may lose their opportunity to go to, to, go to heaven. You wow. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because I wasn't in place. And, just, and that speaks to what you were talking about, that people are literally, and we've had this, we've, we've heard uh, stories. I remember the testimony about the young lady uh, that had got the, uh, the uh, notice from the doctor about having cancer. And uh, the Spirit of God told her to stand up in the service that Sunday morning when the choir was singing. And mm -hmm. she felt the anointing of God touch her body. And literally she went that Monday and they said they couldn't even find the cancer anymore. Wow. And people think, oh, this is just a flu. No, this is reality of who God is in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so when your covenant is just that strong, now God begins to use you for his glory. Wow. He can't use you if you're not in place. Yep. Let me say that again. He cannot use you <laughs> if you're not in place. Yep. His, his will here on earth has to be done through willing vessels. Mm. And so, you know, my question to you today is, are you that willing vessel? Are you the one that's going to have that covenant, that accountability to move forward in God? Absolutely. And everybody needs to take that, um, like, as a serious challenge. You know, we get all these other challenges. I'm challenging you. Right. I'm challenging this. Challenge you to make a covenant, a covenant and keep the covenant and make sure that God's will is being done, not your will, because sometimes your will doesn't line up with what God's will is. And right. so you say to him, Lord, whatever your will is, I will, if this is the covenant that I made with you, I'm going to make sure that I stick with it. So that's going to be our challenge after this <laughs> meeting. Right, we're going to have a covenant challenge. Have a covenant. Have a musical covenant. Have a covenant with your ministry. Have a covenant with those that you serve with. Because when you're out of place, 
no matter where you are, whether you're the person who turns <clears> on the sound or the person who does whatever, when you're out of place, it's not the way it was supposed to be. Right. And, and you, while it can go forward, it's not what it was supposed to be. Right. And you know, one of the things, and I know we gotta move on, but one of the things about accountability and covenant is it keeps you grounded. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Many of the times uh, people ask me, well, how in the world have you, you know, you're a young man, you've been married for this amount of years and all this, you've never cheated on your wife, you've never done this and that. And I said, because accountability keeps me covered. Mm-hmm. I understand that people are watching me. Mm-hmm. And I understand that, of course, God is watching me, but I understand the impact that me doing wrong or me being caught in a certain situation can have on everybody else. Wow. And so that keeps you accountable to your marriage. It keeps your covenant in your face and say, you know what? This is my covenant. This is what I swore to God uh, by. This is what I swore to my wife by. This is what I, I, you know, gave my actual, like you said, when you, when you give your word, I gave my word to my minister of music, I gave my word to my pastor. I don't want to break that because right. when people see me breaking that, now, how does that um, uh, affect them, right. right? They get to the point, you know how folk do, they get to the point where, well, sister so-and-so, she did it, I can do it too. Exactly. Oh, and now, before you know it, you have a disgruntled music ministry. You have a church that's disgruntled and don't want to uh, really uh, apply themselves in the area of accountability. Right. 